Absolute Rally. Absolute Rally. Hello and welcome to Absolute Rally, episode 6, season 26. Apologies, last week I said season 26, episode 4. Completely and utterly incorrect. But I always get a little bit giddy when Trev's with us because I know I'm much upset and mentioning the seasons. Uh, just as an aside from that, by the way, uh, the guys from the Bally DNA pod- podcast messaged me yesterday to say they're going to start using seasons just to piss Trev off, which I just thought was amazing. <laughs> God bless him. <laughs> so there you go. Is that anyway, possible? Uh, well, no, he's the most laid-back man in the world, isn't he? He's the most laid-back man in the world. Yeah. Anyway, this week, we've got Ryan Champion. Hello, Ryan Champion. Hello. Hello. Uh, we've got, we got Big John Desborough. Hello, John. Hello. Great. There you go. That's the shortest thing you've ever said ever on this podcast. Um, <laughs> Um, we, we have a Yankel Doodle Dandy. We've got Jackie Boy Bengen back. Jackie Boy Bengen. This is the point where if I had a sound bed, I'd play like rounds of applause and, and, and things like that. And maybe, I don't know, but I haven't. So just take that as red. That's what would, would have happened if I had the technology. Billy Bob Bengen back in the house. Billy Bob Bengen. I'm writing that down. That's Billy Bob Bengen. Jack, more importantly, how are you? Are, are, what part of the world are you in right now? Um, are, are you in the UK? Are you are, are you chewing tobacco uh, at a NASCAR <laughs> event? What's going on? <laughs> I'm in uh, the the never sunny Manchester at the moment, oh, okay. so uh, nothing nothing exciting to reveal. But very happy to be back after what I think might be two or three months since last time is I it? appeared on Absolute Rally. Wow, you've got yeah, yeah, and you've you know you've you've replaced me well with all of the uh, brilliant guests that you've been having on, including Luke Barry, who went to Donegal recently, and uh, I enjoyed hearing his sort of tales from from there. That was good fun. Well, it, it, do you know what, Jack? It, we kind of feel. Do you remember when we started all doing this, right? And you came on. You were a fresh-faced journalist, uh, <laughs> new at MN, and you came on and you joined our little band, which was me and Ryan at the time. And we were always, let's be honest, we were always a little bit in awe of Ryan Champion, of where he'd be going and where he'd be travelling. He was our man from Del Monte. I think you even coined that term, Jack. Right. But now, the tables have turned, Jack. You're, you're our superstar that's, now. No, that's not... I'm still in awe of what Ryan Champion does every week. <laughs> At what? That's the, Thanks, Jack, but I'm not sure why. Yeah. What does Ryan Champion do every week? That's the awe of it. It, it. it really depends on the week. John Desperate. People ask me that, and even I don't know. So um, <laughs> I just, I just take it a week at a time. Okay. Very well, good. And um, this potentially, um, all three of you, and I'll bring it in one by one in a second, could potentially be the shortest ever podcast with regards to Safari Rally ever, because we could just go Cali Robin Pera, superlative. We all say one amazing word, and then basically we go, "Thanks, good night. Uh, we're out of here," and that's it. Yeah. Um. But that wouldn't be much of a podcast as far as I'm concerned. But we are going to start there and then kind of go backwards. So, uh, John Desborough, I, I watched, I watched the, obviously the, the, the package that you voiced and also watched some of the, highlight, the highlights over the weekend as well. Um, yes. We didn't have you on last week. Uh, it was Ryan and I, and obviously we had Luke Barry on, as we mentioned before, and we were kind of guesstimating which Seb was going to win. How wrong we were. <laughs> Yeah, I had it set up for Seb. I thought, you know, his his attitude, uh, the way he tackled rallies, his head, his experience, uh, the fact that he was back for a rally that he won and loved so much, it couldn't possibly go wrong. And Seb Auger never gets punctures. 
but then we draft Pirelli. Oh, can you imagine the promoter's office sucking air through their teeth when they heard his post-stage interview go, we draft Pirelli. Uh, only a Frenchman can say that about Italian tyres. <laughs> and he got a puncture. And, and that was that. That was enough to let the, uh, the wonder boy through. And um, there's no looking back now. If I had to describe the safari and Kalarov and Perez performance in a few words, um, let me just do it. Uh, 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 probably six words. The rules will have to change because uh, I think um, I think this boy, this boy is just set up for the next two. <laughs> They've got the next two have his name written all over them. And uh, at that point, I'll have to say, you know, this first on the road business that we're doing. Um, I wonder if we can have him run first on the road for two days, not just one. Um, I, I can see something like that happening the way they did with Seb whenever it was when the VW years. Uh, Ryan Champion, um, again, without the danger of having the shortest ever podcast in the world, we we, we need to address the elephants in the room, which is is, is, is clearly the ascendancy of, of Cali, Bob and Perra. Probably even beyond um, even his own management team's wildest dreams beginning of this year. Yeah, absolutely. It, it's uh, just incredible the way he's progressed. I mean, we, obviously we've seen it come in and, and we've seen him build and build, but nobody could have expected his year to. Not only that, I guess it's two things. Not only could you not expect his year to be as incredible as it's been already, but you wouldn't have expected everybody else to fall apart around him. Which is is exactly what's happened. So it's a it, you know it's a, a twofold thing. Cali has just been brilliant, and um, you know we talked about it last week. And absolutely, I I put Auger down for the win, but I said the way Robin Perra has been driving, he couldn't rule him out. And there he was, um, a, a drive way beyond his experience in in really tough conditions. I mean, great to see uh, Safari biting because that's what a Safari should do. If it's you know it's going to be a a, a sprint rally in inverted commas um it, it needs to it needs to be a tough rally and it was exactly that so it was it was great to see people having challenges i don't want to see people retire of course not but but likewise we just want to see a, a proper tough challenge where people have to drive with their heads so you have to think about what they're doing and and who would believe that it would be cali robin Perry that that came out on top so hold that hold yeah. that thought ryan champion regards for tough safari because this is something i really want to kind of delve into a little bit more um jackie boy banging i completely nutsly put them on the table last week to to, to, to coin a phrase and i went low ball day yeah. long uh, yeah. and yeah. um i'm pretty certain you probably would have done at that point <laughs> well first of all i really enjoyed the irony of sebastian Auger uh, basically accusing cali robin Perra of making the championship boring this year <laughs> 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 that is just the best case of pot kettle black ever isn't it <laughs> like, the only way that would have been better if Loeb was like stood next to Auger and was like yeah yeah that, i agree that's definitely the case um but yeah, uh, echo pretty much everything that, that Ryan said in terms of, of my opinion of, of, of Cali's season. I think there's been a bit of other people maybe underperforming or, or making mistakes or, or struggling with, you know, the other teams have struggled with reliability at times, especially Hyundai. So um, I think that's an important point to make. But also, um, you know, just looking at Cali's age and uh, his, his level of experience, what he's been able to, to kind of pull out of the bag this year has been uh, something that I don't think we've ever seen before in the, in the WRC for someone his age. And, and and again, dare I say, Jack, um, every time this kind of happens, and, and what I mean is by that, and listen, let's not get 
it's hard not to get carried away though, isn't it? Let's be honest, right? But I can carried away. I, I can, oh, I see what you did there. This is what we've missed, Jack. This is the cutting edge <laughs> kind of double yeah, entendre exactly play on words. What we've missed? Yeah, we missed a comedian. That's what we've missed. <laughs> Clearly we have. <laughs> Clearly we have. Right. Yeah. We'll come back to Ryan Champion in a second. That um, was the sound of laughter, everyone, if, if you didn't know what that sound was, if you'd missed that for a few episodes. We've missed episodes. it, yeah. We, 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 there's been absolutely zero humour in the last two months without you, Jack. Uh, there, there really hasn't. In fact, like, I should probably just shut up and just let you take centre stage. But uh, <laughs> um, I, I forgot where I was going to go now, even with my point. But uh, it's hard not to get carried away. We, we, we kind of got carried away... All right, I'll tell you what, I'm going to pause Jack for a second and I'm going to come to JD first because JD has done the coverage throughout the SEBS, so to speak. And I can't remember because I, I perhaps wasn't around it the way I have been over the last maybe 10 years, 15 years in a professional sense as well. But, John, did we, was the, 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 the feeling in the press when we first got Loeb and when we first got OJ, we, we, did were we aware we were onto something special than the way we feel like we're, we are now with Calais? Uh, I'll, I'll tell you a story about meeting Seb Loeb in 2001 at the airport in uh, in a taxi, I think it was, when Channel 4 flew me out to do the pre-shoot for all the uh, the rally shows. And he, I either won a stage or he'd done something good. Nobody really knew who he was. And uh, with my kind of news nose on, he got out of the car and I pushed forward and introduced myself. And I said, uh, hello, Seb, my name is John Desborough, da 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 And I then got kind of bundled out of the way as um, as a man behind me, I think he was, or next to me, wanted to get introduced to Seb Loeb quicker than I wanted to get introduced to him. I think he'd already spotted just how good Seb Loeb was, much faster than I had, but he'd waited for me to go in and uh, put my hand out first, and that person was David Richards. And um, it was... Uh, I don't know. By then, he had spotted how good Loeb was. Uh, it took a couple of years, didn't it? There was that one at GB where he didn't win the championship that Petter won because Citroen said, we want our championship for our brand, not for you. You've got bags of years to come. How true it was. And um, as he got better and better, people swung in behind him, all sorts of people swung in behind him until he was just unbeatable. Um, so I think they spotted the raw talent. And then I think the same is probably happening with Calla now. You know, you get a manager, you get a financial advisor, you get uh, there'll be a renegotiation of the contract. There'll be all sorts of things. And then, you know, big brands will start to appear all over him. And then these are these are going to be great times provided he can deal with all of that shiz, as my kids would call it, that, that's going to come along. And he can just keep to the, the simple stuff, which is he enjoys driving fast on everything. <laughs> if I can bring you in at this point, um, I suppose we've just talked about Loeb there. I just wanted to just quickly touch upon Ogier. You were very, very early on, I suppose, in your career, I suppose, in the corridors of power at, at MN at the time and, and, and various other outlets, I guess. Um, what was the kind of general feeling with regards to Ogier, because I suppose it was slightly different because there was this kind of this, this kind of rubbing up of uh, against one another, metaphorically speaking, where they didn't get on, I suppose, with Loeb and he was still in the Citroen Junior team at the time. But were we really aware that this guy was going to be great? I think there was a, there, you saw enough at Citroen, I think, to know that 
that the, all the potential was there. I think the interesting part about his story was obviously when he stepped back into the Skoda and, you know, people kind of criticizing that and, and wondering whether he was going to be able to, to, to come back from that in a, in a strong way. Obviously we knew he had the, you know, the Volkswagen deal uh, coming up. And I think most people, you know, when you see Volkswagen come into a, a championship in motorsport, you kind of expect them to, to be strong, but you never, you never really know if they're going to be, let's say, as dominant as Volkswagen were when they came into the WRC. So I guess the, the big question mark was the kind of the career trajectory that he'd taken. And I think it was clear that there was no future at Citroen for him. But even so, stepping back into a, into a Skoda for, for a season was a, a big move for, for, for him to make, even though he did have that, I guess he had that contract in, in the back pocket. So, um, yeah, an, an interesting kind of um, sidestepping in his career to a certain extent. In hindsight, we know that worked out really well for him, but at the time, that was obviously a big story and something we weren't really sure, you know, kind of how that was going to go out. But yeah, I mean, you know, when he stepped back in and 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 got into the VW, obviously they were they were dominant. And I think, to be honest, I think the last time someone won four rallies in the first half of the year, obviously with COVID and with the the way the WRC calendar works, we've had you know a different number of rounds in in quite a few different years over the past sort of decade or so. But I think it was 2015 was the last time. You know, someone had won four four rallies in the first half of the season with with OJ. So I think we're I think we're seeing from Cali the kind of um, this, this kind of elite performance. And uh, yeah, I think we've I think we've all got to be even more worried than we were when Loeb and OJ came to the fore because I feel like uh, I'm struggling to see where the challenge is going to come from for 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 Cali in the future. Uh, right, I'm I'm conscious of, of time with you today because obviously you're going to do exciting things. But um, just just on with regards to to, to to Calais, just before I want to talk to you about Goodwood very briefly before we let you go because of course you were there. Um, but um, just talking just about Calais, was it Calais? I've got I've got to me I, I got it took me ages to get to Calais, and then I keep on hearing people like John Desbrook say Calais. What do you call them, right? Apart from just uh, amazing. <laughs> um sir sure. sure, yeah, yeah absolutely absolutely um you know from a, you know listen from from the point of view we, we've all just obviously just whack lyrical about him there but is this the truest and this is the thing i was i was trying to get to clumsily is this the truest manufactured rally driver we've ever actually seen yes it could well be because uh, you know, we all saw the videos of when he was driving the what, whatever it was. Was it a Corolla? I think I want to say a rear-wheel drive Corolla or um, Starlet, maybe. Um, you know, when he was when he was eight or nine years old in Finland, and uh, he we, we've seen him develop with, and I guess with social media, that that's what happens now. We've seen that young driver develop all the way through, and uh, we saw him come into the World Championship, and we saw him make some mistakes, but. What we've seen from that is he, he's learnt from them very quickly, um, and we, you know, he's not the first driver that has been groomed for for World Championship stardom. We know that, you know, we saw the Yari Matti Latvala in a World Rally car at seventeen. We saw uh, Andreas Mickelson in World Rally cars from sixteen, uh, Matthew Wilson, uh, and so on and so on. You know, there's there's been a lot of drivers that um, things could or should have worked out for and and you know we, we've got obviously a parallel with um oliver solberg at the minute and and oliver you know he's he's uh he's well two things i mean he's with a team that we can see haven't got the best car at the minute um but he must look at what uh what robin Perra's is doing and go like what how do i get to that level because you know robin Perra has just 
learned from his mistakes, moved on, got to that level now, and, and the confidence, confidence just builds and builds. And but the other thing, that if I can just cut across, there's never been as much Rasmus house with Robin Perra, has there? It's just all been no, about the driving. No, and we talked, we talked about this the other week as well. You know, there's no social media, there's no fanfare, there's no, um, look at me, I'm doing this. He just gets in the car and drives, and, uh, and, you know, and you have to give massive respect to that. They're not, they're not worried about his social media profile. They don't need to be because he's winning every rally going. So uh, it's it's kind of a yeah slightly different slightly different attitude I would say behind him and maybe from his management team to what we've seen from other young drivers and what we see in young drivers in F1 and everything else. It's about building the personality. I mean, God, if you if you're doing the job on stage, then then the you know the the persona comes from that. And uh, just one thing more to add. I mean, how many times did we see? Borgia get away with uh, a touch and go moment where <laughs> he came out on the right side of it and went on to win the rally. Yeah. It just seems that the best get away with these. And what did we see on stage one of the Safari rally? That could have been Callum Robinpera over and out then, but it wasn't. And he lost a bit of time, came back from it and, and dominated. Absolutely. Absolutely. Well, listen, just before we let you go, because, uh, uh the, the, the Jack and the John and me. I think Jack and Jill was nearly going to go and say them, which is <laughs> it's a completely different podcast. Uh, <laughs> who'd be Jack and who'd be Jill? Would you be Jill? No, let's not go there. Um, right, uh, Goodwood, um, we've seen some of the bits and pieces talking to social media that you put out. Uh, obviously, you previewed it literally as you arrived last week. How was um, a post-COVID Goodwood? Uh, Goodwood was, was back to its best. It really was. I mean, it was... A shame, obviously, that the Festival of Speed clashed with, with Kenya from a rally point of view because it meant that we maybe lacked the, the rally stars and the, the, you know, the rally teams there. We didn't have really any, any current drivers. Um, Toyota were well represented there with, with Nasser Alatia. He had the, the Dakar car there and was driving everywhere on the hill, on the off-road stage, on the rally stage. He, he drove it everywhere. He also drove, um, there was, um, we, we touched on them a few weeks ago, the, the GR Yaris Cup that they run in, uh, Spain and Portugal. It was a GR Yaris Cup car. So, um, and NASA was driving that as well. But yeah, like I said, uh, overall, I mean, it was uh, a fantastic event and, uh, had all the F1 teams back, supercar manufacturers, good weather. And, um, yeah, great, a great weekend. It, obviously, it's always scheduled around the British Grand Prix. So, like I said, just a little bit of a shame that we didn't have some of the, the rally stars there. But uh, hopefully, they'll be back again next year. Just remind everybody what, 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 what you were in, Ryan Champion. Did you only drive one car last weekend or was it several? No, I, I, I drove several. <laughs> yeah, of course so. you did. Of course you did. What an idiot I am. On the on the hill, I was driving a, an RS 1700T, so it's the first time I've literally been anywhere near the, the stillborn Group B Ford, so uh, really quite impressed with it. 400 horsepower, rear-wheel drive, turbocharged Escort, effectively, and uh, yeah, that was a lot of fun on the hill, so so drove that on the hill each day, and then on the rally stage, um, I was driving an ex-Colin McCray Legacy, an ex-Marco Len 131 of Bath, and had a run in uh, in Callum McLeod's Super 2000 MG as well, which was uh, which was something new for me. And uh, thanks to uh, to Steve Rimmer of, of Dirtfish for uh, for letting me drive the cars, and, and nice to see Alistair and Max McCray there driving uh, ex-Colin cars, and and they're obviously heading up to to Knock Hill for the McCray event this weekend. Are you and going you tried to make and you tried to make out that my life is more interesting than my <laughs> <laughs> Come on, Tony. You have better Zoom meetings than us. 
<laughs> that's true. Yeah, that's I was going to say, there you go. You have far more exciting Zoom meetings than us. So there you go. There you go. Um, Ryan Champion, um, I, I realise you do have to tap out uh, because you're probably going to drive. <clears throat> One last thing before I go. Um, the Pro Drive 25-year P25. Have I got that right? The name of it. Sorry. Yes, you have. Yep. Um, I know you weren't anywhere near it. Mark Higgins was driving it. Um, did you go and have a nose? And is uh, it a half million pound car? I was actually stood right by Mark Higgins when it was unveiled. Well, until he went and took the uh, took the cover off it. Uh, yeah, obviously. Um, uh, I mean, a work in progress really for Pro Drive in terms of the the dynamic aspect of it. But um, you know, lovely to see uh, a blue Subaru again. Uh, the wheels. Don't know, wheels divided yeah. opinions. Should they be gold? I think probably, but a uh, beautiful looking car. Uh, obviously, as you said, celebrating 25 years of, of Subaru in the World Rally Championship. Um, uh, 400 horsepower plus, uh, paddle shift, semi-automatic, and uh, and all sold. So, um, wow. I think uh, I think it did exactly what ProDrive wanted it to do, and I'm sure we'll see more special cars <laughs> from ProDrive in the future. I think that's going to be the way it's going to go, isn't it? The sad part about it is, is without getting too bogged down on this, we'll probably never see another Subaru Rally program again. No, it's unlikely. And, and STI is now, uh, is now defunct as well. And uh, obviously with, um, yeah, with the onset of electric vehicles and, and such like, yeah, I don't know, maybe could, could Subaru do it in the future with something different when, it, when we've got alternative power sources, who knows. But when you lose, as we saw with Mitsubishi, when you lose Rally Art and you lose STI, you lose the performance brand, then you think it's unlikely, but then we've seen Toyota go the complete opposite way. They were the first manufacturer to, to go down the hybrid route. They were looking so far ahead of everybody else in terms of environmentally friendly cars and, and look who's dominating world motorsport at the minute. So, um, yeah, let's never say never. It's never going to happen, is it, right? Anyway. <laughs> <laughs> it's, it's unlikely, but, uh, but let's, see. let's see. Okay. Happy days. Right. Um, you, the man from Del Monte has to go. So, um, out of a dirty, um, and in, in, in the terms of, um, what was the, what was the, um, so long and thanks for all the fish. There you go. That was from Hitchhiker's Guide to the Galaxy. There you go. There's a random reference for you. Um, don't let the doorknob hit you where the good Lord split you. <laughs> Ooh. What's, what's the origin Folks, of that one, Jack? <laughs> no comment. And I think we're going to leave that one hanging. Folks, we'll be back after this break. This is John Desborough, the WRC commentator, sometimes co-host of this fabulous podcast and author of the WRC thriller Breaking Point and its sequel, Heat Soak. And that's why I'm here. That sequel thriller is available on eBay and now at a new reduced price. Gotta love a bargain. Keep on listening and if you can't find Heat Soak on the web, reach me with a direct message on Facebook. Enjoy. Which was nice. Uh, anyway, so yeah, so we got to the bottom of that uh, during the break, and you can figure out the punchline to what was said just as we came out of part one yourselves. So there you go. Uh, thanks to Ryan Champion. Genuinely no idea where he's going, but it's normally exciting, so uh, I hope he's well. Uh, back with, with with Jack and Jill, or Jack and John, uh, whatever you prefer. <laughs> there you go. There you go. There's only one winner there, Jack, and it's you. It is. It is. <laughs> <laughs> no, I'm not even going to go there. Um, I want to talk more about um, the, the, the podium, the one, two, three, four podium, which obviously was repeated of, of what happened some 20 odd years ago, um, John. And, and just, I suppose, while, while it is truly and utterly amazing, does that 
does that show just the, the, the you know, because Ryan's just been talking about it in the, at the end of part one there with regards to, you know, the, the global superpower that Toyota is and clearly what they're putting into their motorsport programs. Does this also show the difference between maybe them and some of the other brands? Yes, I think so. And um, I mean, the 1234 was made possible because I think Yari Matty said, you will all bring the cars home at the end of the day. Thank you very much. I've been Yari Matty, Matty goodbye, see you at the podium, uh, which uh, Elvin was hinting at on Sunday morning, you know, when he said, it's, we all know it's clear what's going on here. Um, there, it wasn't team orders, it was hold station because they realised just how earth shattering and awesome foursome, as I described it as, nice. was going see to be. Did, I mean, it, was, it was utter domination but it was as jack said i think um possible because everybody else just fell by the wayside and um and couldn't keep up but then how do you uh, for that to happen you have to have your cars and your team in the right position to go to kenya so what did they do that was better uh, i would hazard a guess they got a better car anyway I'd, i would say they were 10 percent up and the hyundai were 10 percent down because of things that we talked about before with the management there's a vacuum at the top on decisions you know in the build-up to kenya you can imagine uh, the engineers and people like oit uh, which is an entirely different subject for a conversation saying what about this what about that what about the other and you know these decisions just not coming because the guy at the top says well actually i'm just standing in here fellas and it's for it's for a new boss to take over and make these decisions and so you only need hyundai to be 10 percent down on all the areas and toyota should be 10 percent up and there you've got a 20 percent gap in just you know attitude and um uh, and performance and you know it showed didn't it that nobody else was really in the same race um even to the point where, you know, maybe Toyota told the boys, look, this is just about finishing. Don't get too carried away. Don't go at it too hard. Yeah, there'll be places where you can get the car up to 160 k's an hour. There'll be places where you'll be going at, you know, less than 60 k's an hour. And it was, the execution of the whole thing was just far better. And it does worry the promoter, I believe, that Toyota are this strong and they want Hyundai to come back. They don't want to get into another OJ situation, albeit with um, Kala, uh, who, and if I can be trite and glib at the end, because often, um, you know, Kala is now cooking on gas. Isn't oh, he, John, 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 you're on a yellow card for that. <laughs> I'm just trying to keep up, you know, that, everybody, else is, everybody a, else is getting in with their wordplay. That, that, I thought I'd a, just throw that one in. That's a straight yellow. Um, and we'll say no more about it. But if you do hear a whistle, they just don't, don't even wait for the red, just walk. <laughs> it could be one of those. I'll still wait for the crowd and someone will have something to say. Fair play to you. Um, Jack, again, you know, all joking aside, we've not spoke for ages, uh, it feels like, but we have, but we've not done the podcast for ages. But the, the Toyota dominance uh, is something that we, we keep on coming back to, and I know obviously you keep abreast of things as well, and obviously you're abreast of all things motorsport, of course you are, but um, it's a, while it's amazing to see, it, it, for us, uh, we, we keep on kind of speculating just how much of a worry it is for perhaps, you know, putting, well, clearly we're not going to get new manufacturers in under the current regulations now. We're, 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 can, we've got what we've got. I think we're a bit similar to where, where we were with 17. I can't see anybody coming in right now. Um, I think we're going to have to go for the next set of regulations to, to, to be anywhere close to that. Um, but equally, you would think people looking in going, well, if Toyota are doing that, we'd have to do that. No, we're not going to do that. 
Yeah, potentially. It's 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 difficult, isn't it? But I don't think it's a new problem. And I think a lot of this has been exacerbated by the new rules and the fact that Toyota have, you know, we, we talked at length about their preparation, you know, how early they had this car out testing and, you know, how well prepared they they were. And they've really found the sweet spot with, you know, the production of the car and, and how they kind of communicate that between, you know, the the I guess the whole production process of, of that car. So, you know, to, to see them hit the ground running and be, you know, reliable uh, from, from the word go is, is not a particular surprise. Also, based on the kind of, well, the last year for, for Hyundai or the last couple of years, you could argue, I suppose, to a certain extent, they had reliability issues. And then uh, obviously the change of management, as, as John said, and as you've discussed, you know, quite a few times on the podcast now in, in, in recent months. So uh, it's not a surprise, I don't think, to see Toyota taking this lead. And if you take, you know, let, let's let's turn the tables a bit, Tony, and say, you know, we've spent the first half of this podcast talking about how good Cali Robin Perra is. The person behind him is Thierry Neuville in a Hyundai. So I, I think what, what we'll see is, uh, things start to even out now as the rule cycle, you know, kind of progresses. You usually get a, a manufacturer that comes in with with a, a strong package and, and the other struggle. I think what we what we've maybe been spoiled by, um, let's say 2017 in the WRC, but across all of motorsport, is you know because of the the simulations and stuff and the the level of engineering that we have now that that you know we tend to get a pre. It's not like 30, 40 years ago, say, where someone turns up with a new car and blows everyone away by minutes on, on every stage. It's, uh, you know, we because of the technology that we have, we have a much more evil, even playing field, even from the start of rules and, and regulations. But I think what we've seen this time is that judging by, you know, the, the kind of flux that's going on at, at the likes of M Sport and Hyundai, the, the, the kind of outside factors that they're dealing with and the things they're doing, plus, you know, one of the best funded manufacturers out there you know, having this car ready so soon and, and having, you know, the perfect driver to plug in and play for, for this season. We're just seeing a, a, an, an, I don't want to call it an unfortunate circumstance because they obviously deserve to be where, where they are, but it's an unfortunate circumstance in the sense that it makes Toyota look much further ahead than they actually are. But I'd take a lot of solitude in the fact that Thierry's second. And I wonder if we'll look back on this season, you know, obviously we're not even, I don't think we're even halfway. Are. We've got one more rally until we're halfway. I think, I think maybe we'll look back on this and wonder just how good Thierry Nerville has been this year, given the position that he's in and, and the performances that he's put in and, and whether this has been one of his best seasons, even though he's not winning rallies, you know, is the fact that he's dragging this car to the finish. And, you know, we saw on the safari, some of the heroics that he was pulling off between the stages and the repairs that he was enacting himself. He's had a new co-driver and there's a lot going on there. So I wonder if we'll look back at this. Maybe, maybe we won't, but I think it's a, you know, it'll be a valid question to ask at the end of the season, you know, whether Thierry Nerville is actually performing at, you know, such a high level and that we're, we're, we're kind of ignoring that because of the, the level of Toyota and Cali Robin Perra at the moment. When you talk about repairs, though, in no other high level, the highest level motorsport, will you see a wheel brace used? <laughs> he, used a, he, used a, he used a Corona a couple of years ago. Well, yeah, well uh, did, we, did you hear last week's episode about about what I did with an overheating rally car? No. What did you do? Okay. Well, I took I, I took inspiration, and I'm sorry to repeat this story because uh, I've had a little bit of stick about this <clears throat> since it went out. But um, so when 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 he used the Corona, obviously because the car was overheating, um, I went off. Uh, a couple of weeks ago and keeled it and the car overheated and it boiled up and I used all the water I had in the car and I used my camel sack on the road section and that's not a euphemism although stay <laughs> uh, I used my camel sack and then the camel sack water didn't top it up far enough and I needed a wee so okay. at the side of the road just out six miles outside of Hexham I was on tippy toes I'm not bragging um, and I peed into my catch tank 
<laughs> to get the car back. Okay. Yeah. So, keep going. I didn't hear, I haven't heard the story yet. So yeah. did it work? Did you get it back? Yeah, I got the car back to service, yeah. Probably. I would have thought your P would be to not not that your P specifically is different to any other P, but <laughs> Where do you P, go would with this too, P, P would be too warm. I, I thought that would be a, a, a liquid, especially if you're sat in a ride car. You'd be warm. No, I'm, yeah. I'm, 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 I'm like Ice Man. Have you seen Top Gun? Have <laughs> <laughs> you seen Top Gun? I don't mean Do you, you remember, one, uh, one. Where was that one wow. where Tommy Mackinnon and Kyle Lindstrom stopped and topped up their water bottles from somebody's swimming pool? Was that oh. a Monty? Was that a Monty about 20 odd years ago? Subaru? It was a Subaru year and it was a Monty, I think. Okay. Not quite as, uh. No. It's a lot more, glam- lot more glamorous than mine and a lot more, you know, it's, it's equally as glamorous as Thierry using a bottle of Corona. Yeah. So, I'll you know, let's have it straight there. But just go Have back. you had any sponsorship offers as a result? Anybody uh, coming in? I, don't take the piss, John. Um, we've got. <laughs> <laughs> Your car's at the piss. Uh, it, as I said last week, Jack, and you missed it clearly, it boiled it. Right, in every sense of the word. But just going back to the point you were making there with regards to, you know, Thierry, you know, kind of battling his way through, you know, Oit's doing the same thing. You know, Oit, we, we feel like Oit's manhandling the car through. Um, you know, we've seen Oit put some repairs in and we've seen him pulling off the, 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 the sum guard underneath the car at the end of the stage and yeah, trying to get angry. stuff. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, that, and they're not light, those those sum guards, by the way, especially ones that, you know, gravel sum guards, a full one like that. So, yeah, yeah there was a little bit of vigour put into that particular launch now, of that sum guard. Now, here's the thing. Here's the thing. If I could interrupt your uh, stream of consciousness. Uh, Julian Porter said, as far as he understood, Oit does not have a contract next year. His contract finishes. If I was Oit's man, whoever it is, whether it's Marco, Marco Martin or not, Marco, these things, I'll be on the phone back to Toyota saying, name your price. He wants to come back. And that, that would be the you know the fly in the ointment. That would be the one that upset the apple cart. That would get the whole... Um, market going for next year if oit was to say you know uh, let's say what's oit getting at hyundai it was a you know money bags offer wasn't it because they bought him as champion so uh oit back to toyota for you know a cut price oga i don't know what is it a couple of million just to get out of that team because he doesn't believe in it he's lost trust in it it's 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 not right he doesn't want to be there anymore there are too many bad things uh, I'll go back to Toyota for 23 for a couple of million a year. Get me in at any price. That would really start things off. It would. Genuinely don't. I, and, and again, that's, are we starting silly season, Jack? Is it, I, I, we should have like a panic button that way. Because normally we do silly season <laughs> around September. <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. Is it the silly season button? Right. Um, to me, Oit has got. Uh, potentially return if he was going for anywhere uh, it'd be M Sport all day long Jack? Uh, yeah I don't, it's, a, it's a difficult one I think it, I think if you're looking at it in your Toyota would you swap Elvin Evans for Tanak? Um I think that's a very difficult decision to make but based on the fact that Tanak is a champion I think you would probably maybe you would make that move so maybe that puts Elvin at M Sport as a as a potential option, I don't think Toyota have run more than three cars full time, and I think I think Taka stays in, and and obviously they're not going to get rid of get rid of Cali. So um, I think the Elvin car is the only option if 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 Tanak was to go back to Toyota. But uh, equally, I don't see that happening either. I think I think Tanak to M Sport would be would be more likely. But even then, you know, is that a better option for for Oit at the moment? I'm not sure. But that where does that leave? You know, again, no, I'm not. You know what? John, you've hit the panic button too early. I'm not, I'm not even... I'm not, I can't, well, that's, well, there you are. Julie Porter mentioned it on uh, All Live at the weekend. It got me thinking, if there is no contract, 
And if I was in that situation, uh, I don't know. What do you, if you're an agent, do you move first? Do you move fastest? Uh, do you leave it until everybody else has, you know, you see the way the whole negotiation with everybody else has gone and then you come in with your, your world beating offer? Uh, uh, the, the golden rule is you get in the best car, isn't it? That's the golden rule. You want the best car. Mm. So, and the best car at the moment is not the Hyundai. Can we, the best car at the moment is that Toyota. I want to get back in the best car. Everything happens from there. Uh, you know, there could be years and years to come. Where the, in, where, uh, for Tanaka, he needs to get back in the best car and get winning and make himself happy again. Where do we go with, you know, because, of course, we've, we've just mentioned him, Jack. We, we, we talk about Taka. Taka is obviously, um, you know, there's very much part of the Toyota family and he, he's been you know there's been a lot of work put into his career he's had another podium on safari um you know okay it wasn't the second he got last year but it was still it's still another podium on a very special event so you know he's it, far from the token driver now as well and you know supposedly this whole program this whole thing which goes back it feels like maybe eight years now maybe you know i'm thinking you know when dan barrett was first involved and there was the the gazoo racing junior program and the, 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 it's going to be seven or eight years hasn't it jack yeah he's 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 been bred to get to this point just as much as cali rov and Pera has hasn't yeah. he it's just in a, so, in a different way you know you 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 gotta have to say that you know that they either keep running a fourth car for him or surely there's got to be you know there's, there's got to be some kind of work towards him being in the the full three car team as it were Otherwise, yeah. otherwise that that experiment hasn't worked. Yeah, I think I think Tack is doing enough to to hold that third entry personally. Okay, okay. Well, that's, again, all there there again takes us away from another seat. And of course, they've got they've got another driver that they 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 took back um, to share the car. Of course, with Seb Ogier, haven't they, John? Yes, Elvis Presley. I've just seen the film and they require to refer to Elvis as EP and I'm thinking, why are they talking about Issa Becker Lappy like that? <laughs> he wasn't around, he wasn't around in the 1970s. Yeah, I, Seb goes, that releases a car. Uh, you know, to my mind, if that whole situation came around, the callers nailed in, you give him a 10 year contract, uh, and, you know, handcuff him <laughs> to, handcuff him to the car. Uh, you bring in Tacker for various reasons because he has been bred for this and he's been getting better and better and he's ready now. He's ready. He's, you know, he's been putting in times that are second, third, fourth fastest regularly. So he's okay. He's ready to come. That leaves the third car. Who are you going to have in there? And, you know, if Oitanek's man or people were to come back and uh, he was irresistible, then you would seriously have to consider having Oit back if he wanted to. But uh, I go back to that golden rule that people have always told me in the sport that you don't want the, the million dollars. You want the best car. Get the best car. Everything else will follow. Um, and at the moment, I think, you know, Oit is just he doesn't know where he is or what he's doing or why he's doing it. And if, he, if that was me and I saw the end of my contract coming up, I would get my man to go and investigate getting back into that car um and everything else follows after that well there's been a change of management as well of course at toyota because i think that there was a lot that was said with, with regards to the previous management and 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 i know it's separation as well so you know who knows who who, who knows um Jack, Tony, yeah before before we leave Tucker, i think we should i think it'd be cool to mention aaron johnston because i'm pretty sure that's his first it is yeah it was his first, first yes, WRC podium yeah yeah and I, I just think it's if anyone needed any any reminding um you know, it still proves that you can go from the very, the very grassroots wherever you come from, whether that's Ireland, Northern Ireland, or, or the UK. You can still go from the grassroots and work your way up to WRC level if you're a nice guy and you work hard. So I think that's a, a good example yeah. to follow. 
No. Yeah, very well put. Yeah, well put, well put. Jack, if we if we can talk about M Sports Weekend, which was um do we have to yeah it was was character building um and again we as we always say you know everybody knows the results of the rally and everybody knows what's going on on the rally um and i found it i found it fascinating i haven't spoke to anybody about it uh i haven't asked anybody about it i just wanted to get your perception of the fact of what what malcolm made two of his drivers do um was that a stroke of genius or was that just a stroke of frustration of going, no, you really need to understand what the, what you're now putting these lads through. I, I, I don't know. I'd, I'd love to ask him. It's I'd tough, be- isn't it? Because we're, we're seeing like, um, uh, I guess just in, in work or life in general, we're kind of seeing a shift of how management operates and what are acceptable practices as management to, to motivate your employees and, 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 and what things you're allowed to do. Obviously we all, we've heard stories from 40, 50 years ago about what had happened to people and that would never be allowed to, to happen now. But I think with Malcolm, he's got a proven track record of, although he has known to be, you know, quite harsh to his drivers at times, just look at, you know, we've spoken about Oak for so long and, and dropped him three times and, but, but kept bringing him back and giving him that opportunity. And I don't think Malcolm falls into that group of, you know, people who maybe might be perceived to be too harsh nowadays. I just think he's a strict manager who, who knows or, or thinks he knows how to get the best out of the, the people who he employs. And absolutely no one can argue with the results that he's achieved. <clears throat> from his business and from his, from his world rally team. And if he thinks the, 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 the kind of best way, because really his, his options are a bit exhausted at the moment, aren't they? In terms of what, because he said to, he said to both of those guys, you need to finish rallies. You need to get to the end. And they're, you know, they've not done it at times. So they're not listening. So sure of dropping, waiting to the end of the season and, and dropping the pair of them or dropping one of them and then maybe bringing them back in a year or two, you know, what other options has Malcolm got at his disposal to show, these two drivers how important it is that they don't crash on rallies getting them to to fix the car is a you know it's not a new thing that malcolm's invented it's it's something that you know rally teams have, have done over the years and has been a effect probably not a common practice but you know quite often it's the the driver who instigates it you know they want to you know help their their crew fix the car because they feel responsible for the for the crash that they've you know caused so uh, I don't know how much of it was Malcolm and how much of it was was those drivers. I think Malcolm probably you know played a big part in it, but I, I've got no problem with it. And I think you know personally, I like what Malcolm does, and I, I think you know as much as you know working practices in in the world are changing. I hope we still get these kind of famous man managers who who really know how to extract the best out of people. And I definitely think Malcolm's one of those people. No, great draw, great, absolutely great point with regards to the change in attitudes with regards to management and things like that. John, from, from you watching on, obviously when, when you've seen obviously the, the, the trials and tribulations that were going on for, for, for Adrian Former, and of course for Gus Greensmith and obviously Craig had his issues as well. Of course, let's, let's not forget that, but you know, certainly the two guys who, who basically became their engineers laborers, so to speak, um, mm. from, from you looking on as Jack said, it's not, not really a new thing, but, it's also something that you probably wouldn't see in, I suppose, in, in, in other high levels of motorsport. Uh, no, even if you'd be allowed to see it, I should think. But it was a stroke of genius, I think, by Malcolm and a good thing to do. 
Uh, I hope it worked because if you if you plot their form, you know they they developed, they got that far, they won a stage, they did well, and then suddenly their form has just gone off a cliff. And as Jack says, maybe Malcolm has been saying to them, "This is how I think you should do this weekend," and they haven't been listening to his advice, which they should do because he's got years and years and years. You know, he's forgotten more than we ever knew about the sport. So, listen to the man when he talks, and they hadn't. It made great telly, but if I can be a sceptic, it also then distracted people from uh, doors that don't close and let dust into cars and cars that mysteriously stop that former world champions are driving. Um, because those are other things that they've got. Those are big question marks, which they've uh, they've got to answer, um, as well as why, you know, two of the guys in the team have formed that has just dropped off a cliff. Uh, they're, they're just not progressing. And I look at some drivers often i think how long have you been around how many years have you been here how many years have you had in this top car with all of these great people behind you and just exactly uh, by now colin mccray won a championship and retired is often my you know kind of frustrated um shout at the television uh when these things happen and um there's there's a grain of truth in that but you know uh, just just sorry they've got to listen they've got to listen to advice and that they've they had to stop the rot somehow, and maybe that was a way of doing it. I wonder if there was extra. Sorry, Tony, just quickly. I think there's maybe there was extra frustration from Malcolm because if you look at the other rallies we've had this year, may, maybe all of them, you know, Malcolm's probably thinking, all right, so we know on pure speed, the likes of Cali Robinpair, Thierry Nobel, Oit Tanak are going to be the fastest drivers, and you can't teach, you know, the likes of, of Gus or Adrian to to necessarily to be faster just immediately obviously it's a process that takes a long time but the thing about this safari was it was a rally of attrition so if they'd have just kept the the car on the road and taken it back two pegs you know malcolm's probably thinking all right so they're not going to be the fastest drivers on the rally but this is the one rally of the year where that doesn't matter and maybe just being a bit more sensible about things can get you to the end and get you a good result so i, I imagine maybe that was like a double source of frustration for malcolm was that it was this specific event that, that both of them went off and also, to add to that, look at what happened with Oliver Solberg. I found myself on Sunday morning looking at him saying, will you just give up, please? And then the other part of my you know, brain said to me, no, this is the safari. Whatever happens, you keep going, even if you're crawling up a hill at 10 miles an hour and you've had to have a couple of guys on the side of the road sweep the dust off your windscreen, which I thought was an incredible occurrence. But he did just keep on going. And, you know, we know where he finished. He finished in the points, got to the end. Uh, and Jack's right. It's that's why we need Safari on the championship because it is different. It requires a different head and a different approach, and um, they perhaps weren't paying attention, or you know they hadn't reached the briefing by the time that was talked about. Jack, if I can just bring you back in there at one at one point, um, just the whole Super Rally thing and the Rally Two thing, or whatever you want to call it. It is, it's kind of got the jungle drums on social media and stuff going quite a lot recently. Um, and um, more so with regards to Safari, you know, you've got cars that have missed half a day or, you know, a day or whatever in, in, in some cases. Now, when I did, obviously, the three or four GBs that I did, um, WRC rounds, and, you know, they were our saving grace. You know, we were in a little group N car and, you know, it was just difficult to get a car through some of those events. Um, you know, that's why I finished them. If without Super Rally, I wouldn't have finished them. Is 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 it being more exploited on events, I suppose, or was it more exploited than perhaps we'd ever even seen it before on, on, on the safari? Well, I guess the the opposite way to look at it is if you if you don't have if, if, if you go more strict with that, 
then you're going to ruin the shorter sprint rallies, aren't you, to, to that extent. So uh, I can see it from both ways. The, the problem is there's not an easy solution or we'd, or we'd have it, wouldn't we? So I think we've not had a, we've not had a rally like the Safari on the calendar for a long time. Also, we've not had a rally like this Safari for a long time because last year was much more of a sprint event than what we saw this year. This, this year was one of the most demanding and, and tough rallies we've seen for, for a long time, I think, for, for these crews. Something very different to, to maybe what some of them have ever done before. So it's it's a really difficult situation. I can understand people on social media being upset about, you know, someone who's who's crashed off or 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 whatever, sort of coming back in and, and, and beating drivers maybe that haven't, um, which is maybe something you wouldn't have seen um, you know, back in the day. But at the same time I can I can see why we need something like that in order to keep the competitive balance and to not, you know, lose so many cars. So it's a really difficult um it's a really difficult kind of tightrope to walk. And I think we're I think we're over the balance of a season, we're we're about right where we're at. But uh, I think the Safari obviously showed um you know that there, that it can be a bit favourable on a rally like this, so um, it's a difficult one to, to kind of answer. Really, I'm not sure where I kind of kind of like it where it is at the moment, but it, it does hurt this rally a little bit. John, just very quickly before we go to any other businesses, um, what what how do you? Because obviously you've kind of come through the whole rally to um, you know super rally thing from when it started, and yet we, as I say, I suppose last weekend was very much to the extreme, like we've just been saying. Well, you have to have it because after having travelled all that distance, spent all that money and got all those people out there to go out on the first day and then not reappear is ridiculous. So it has to happen. But perhaps the penalty has got to be looked at again. Or, you know, there is, as the safari is different for so many reasons, maybe you make it different on from a super rally perspective as well. Um, but it, you've, you've got to have it. Otherwise, you would have had... Um, well, how many? Uh, three Toyotas finished the event or something. Um, it was Gary Boyd that pointed out from New Zealand that 40 had started and there were a handful that actually got to the end without any kind of problems. But in the safari, that's all part of it, isn't it? All that character building, attritional stuff. Uh, so maybe there's some kind of special little uh, clause that you put into the rules for safari. I don't know. Jack's right. There's no easy answer to it. Yeah. Um, Otherwise, you wouldn't have a TV program. <laughs> <laughs> and Jack and John wouldn't have a job. So that's the other Correct. thing we've got. To, yeah, yeah, yeah. So, but John, so John, one John, your necks in all of yeah, you. <laughs> John's got to eat. Um, um, right. So, uh, Jack, you've not been with us for ages. I'm assuming you would just have just an absolute stand-up belting any other business for us. I've got three elements of any other business. Oh, I think this is what I like. Come so, on, Jackie boy, banging. So probably the most interesting one is it's a, a call to action from the listeners of Absolute Rally to send in your favourite weird pace notes that you've heard after Alex Kiarani revealed that, that one of the notes in his book is nuts or, or big nuts, which uh, sent, sent Molly into a, a bit of a tiz while she was interviewing uh, Alex with, with Julian. So um, big nuts is probably the best note I've heard. If anyone doesn't know what it is or wasn't watching over the course of the weekend, it's basically a, an off-camber corner is nuts. And then, um, yeah, um, he, he adds that into the, into the notes. So let us know. Um, and I hope Ryan Champion's going to take part in this as well, because I'm sure he's got some good ones. Um, and we've got some great co-drivers who listen to the podcast, I know, because we hear off them regularly. So send in if you've got any any great notes. Have you got any, Tony, that are a bit yeah, weird? I'm, I've adopted one, which because obviously we a lot of the events we do are on organisers' notes now, and we get yeah, our, yeah. our notes amazingly from, from, from Craig. 
uh, Craig Parry and Killian um, from from on the pace note, of course, who were involved with us anyway. But um, they've had one which um, which is Nips. Yes, Nips. That's so, I think I, I don't know if that's an Elvin thing, um, but he's definitely had that for a long time. And yeah. I wonder if it's a road rally uh, derived one. I, that I, one. I, I remember when I, we first started using it, and in, in my head because you know how my head works now, Jack Bengen. It was another type <laughs> of nips. So I was like, yeah. oh, brilliant, we've got breasts. Um, but no, we didn't. It was just a corner okay. that tightened. So um, I think you tend to, and this is from my perspective and, you know, what I've done in 20-odd, well, 25 years, um, if you recce, you will put stuff in, you know, you will put something to one person that will be completely irrelevant, but to you it will be important. And it could be a color of a post. It could be, you know, remember where you see it. We have, we, we use remember quite a lot. So, you know, even though if you watch the in-car back, you won't see anything that would be important to you. A remember would be important to me. And I know a few people use remember. So they're not necessarily funny words like nuts and big nuts. Although, to be fair, I think I might try and adopt them because there's, 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 we're doing Nicky Griss stages next weekend. There's a few, there's quite a lot of blind crests on some of those stages. So I think big nuts will be required. Um, so, so yeah, so I've got nothing, I've got nothing for that. That is it's, it's comical, I suppose, is where I'm trying to go with this. But yeah, I adopt, I adopt stuff perhaps sometimes, which is, is not, um, is not obvious. I thought the biggest the biggest thing I've ever had about my notes is from Ryan Champion where he went, Your notes are both descriptive and numbered. Interesting. And that was it. That's, that's all I ever got. Which is true, it is. I have numbers and description in my in my notes, and that was it. I was that that was the that was the that was the biggest conversation he and I had ever had about my rallying in that one sentence. <laughs> Been a man along with each other for. So Okay. So you so you, uh, that was what's your last one, my mate? Oh, two more. So very quickly, I'd be remiss not to mention some Rowdy Roundy. So uh, ex-Formula 1 driver, Heike Kovalainen, and winning the APRC round while I've not been on the podcast at the okay. Montreal in Japan. So that's pretty cool. He's now joint leader of the APRC championship with, uh, I don't know if he's going to take up some of the, some of the remaining rounds now after, after winning that. He won by about five minutes after a load of attrition. He had a puncture early on and it was a, a wet tarmac rally. So fair play to him. Uh, I think everyone who's done a, a wet tarmac rally knows how difficult and, and treacherous like they can them. be. Don't so. like them, Jack. Don't like them. Yeah. That's all I'm yeah, saying. I know you don't like them. Yeah. And, uh, finally, uh, if I'm not overstepping your any other business, um, we've obviously got the, the McRae, Rally Challenger at Knock Hill this weekend. So there's going to be some, some pretty cool machinery out to, to mark Colin McRae and, uh, remember him properly with some really cool rally cars and some very famous people. There'll be three, three generations of McRae's and, uh, yeah, there'll be quite a few. I, I quite like the, I hadn't noticed that Lewis Moyer's taken to, to sit in beside Stig Blankvist. So they're going to be out in a Ford Escort that was previously co-driven by the much more famous Craig Thorley at some point or another. So, uh, that'll be one car to watch as well. <laughs> love it. Do you, know what, do you know what I love? Obviously, Max Max McRae, uh, bless him, is, is entered in uh, a Rally Two Fiesta. So I don't yep. know who's one who's that is, but I love the fact that he's got his middle name in as well, Max James McRae, the full <laughs> the, the full name. Uh, and I also there's, there's just, just I, 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 there's also another fact that I love because I don't think he's used it yet. Um, but Gwyndaff is out in the Mark II Escort. That yes, Elvin, it's the first time. Yeah. And it was built by Viking Motorsport, of course, which is Phil Mills. Phil's, Phil's somebody I know quite well. I work with quite a lot. Uh, and Phil's co-driving for him. So, uh, it'll be curious. interesting to talk to Phil after that as well. So, um, so no. That's really cool. 
it is it's a proper it's a proper machine as well it's a proper machine i have actually seen it uh i've seen it when it was still in the workshop so uh alistair's alistair's in a, an accent wrc as well which i imagine um quite a few people will be uh, happy to see. I imagine Gravel Crew will be top of the list of people excited to see that happening. That 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 will be voted the 2022 Rally Car <laughs> best ever Rally Car by a That's long great. shot. Yeah, it'll, it'll it'll just be it'll be Boaty McBoatface Hyundai WRC accent. Yeah, <laughs> version one. It'll be it'll be the very first one as well. So um, so there you go, there you go. Um, Big JD, your any other yes. business for this week? Sir? Uh, yes, about pace notes, two quickies. 20 years ago, the pace note I didn't want to hear ever again in my life was slippy maybe, as I heard before we went off the side of a cliff and into some trees <laughs> at the McRae stages when one our head Esquire tried to blame me for crashing the car and causing £5,000 worth of damage to that Mitsubishi. So slippy maybe. That, and on the notes thing, played out. <laughs> <laughs> looking at 20 years ago, 20 years ago next month, I think it was, and um, also looking at the coverage of um, Kenya, I love to try and pair hearing the notes with seeing what the car does in French as well. I was watching Isabel Galmiche, who was uh, co-driving for the great Seb, a wonderful team they are, big fan of their work. And uh, she was holding the book of pace notes as if she was holding a piece of York stone and was trying to knock a fence post into a field. And it was going <laughs> up and down and up and down, boom, boom, onto a lap up in the sky, onto a lap up in the sky. And I thought to myself, and I wonder if anybody else thought to themselves, um, what did you make of Isabel Galmiche's nails? Because she had them freshly polished. They were painted nails for the Ken for the safari rally kenya she had her nails immaculately painted and i just wonder if anybody else picked up can, on can, that. can i just say we're, we're seven years old uh, as a podcast seven long years a lot of episodes um jack you've appeared in, in probably probably best part of about 80 percent of them um i have to say um brian champion's probably near a 90 percent 95 percent um obviously i've appeared in pretty much 100 percent of them nobody upon nobody has ever mentioned nails <laughs> well it's always the first you know yeah, just, right. no, i just want to I'm try not, to freshen things up no well i'm quite clear as was she with her nails um i mean uh, i was look. i was thinking how does she turn the page that's always the thing that got me how am i going to turn the page in here because normally i want to lick my thumb and turn the page that always bothers me and if, how do you avoid turning two pages and i'm looking at this trying to listen to her notes because sebs are quite efficient with isabel and i thought what look at her nails they're magnificent La- lady co-drivers and we do have lady co-drivers listen to us if you do have nails could you please let have it we can message john directly by all means but if you want to there might be there might be some male co-drivers who've got their nails done as well yeah, of course we're in a modern we're in a modern world you know i shouldn't be so dismissive sorry jack Bengin. um if, if if you're non-binary um and you you don't identify as anything but you do identify as having um manicured or or, or artificial nails um can you please studio absolutely.co.uk let us know how you turn your pages when you're on an event like the safari and when I started recording this, I never, ever thought I'd be saying those words together. Anyway, uh, my, only business, first. It is. my only other business for this week, very, very quickly. Um, Hayden Padden is back on the scene. He did uh, a warm-up yeah. event last weekend, which was a, uh, a tour European rally 
uh, event. Uh, first time out back on the podium there. And he's actually um, out on the European Rally Championship this weekend, which is, uh, I can never say it. I can never pronounce where Just they say are. Latvia. Latvia. Thanks. Just say Latvia. Yeah. Um, isn't it? Yeah. So, um, so yeah, so we're going to catch up. We've been messaging Hayden and I, and I will, we, we, we will be with us before the end of this season. I can assure you of that. Anyway. Good. Um, boys, that, that's it. That's it for this week, believe it or not. Can I, do, can, I do a list of, can, I, can I do a list of corrections of things that I've said that are wrong? Yeah, <laughs> okay, mate. I'll be honest with you. But we haven't got a lot of time. <laughs> I was so obsessed with... Oh, you bastards. <laughs> <laughs> I was so uh, obsessed with getting Craig Thorley in, as I mentioned, that uh, obviously Stig and, and Lewis Moyer uh, won't be driving that car this time. They'll be driving uh, a Forenza. A Can-Am. It's described yeah. as a Can-Am Forenza, which... Which, for those who, who are not familiar with it, it's just just thinking about it is is, is a Vauxhall Viva with a nose cone on it. Yeah, I got, I got carried away trying to get in as many absolute rallying jokes which, into the episode, which as is possible. laudable. Which is laudable, Jack. Do you know what? As, you know what as Kay Burley used to say to me, Jack: never explain, never complain, <laughs> never apologise. <laughs> exactly. Never apologise for an incorrect fact. Just hope that nobody noticed it. In fact, I got into trouble last week. I got a little bit of because uh, because I've been a bit amiss with 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 fresh fresh. And uh, yeah, I got I got told off on on on, on Twitter for that. I, don't know what I, that just means. Me, I just did me Alan Partridge shrug. <laughs> that's, that's all I had. That's all I had. Speaking of which, Jack, I, I did. Jack, ask Julian Porter. He loves fresh yeah. fish. And on that bombshell, uh, boys, that is the end of uh, episode six, season twenty six. Thank you so much uh, for joining us. We we've got a very special guest lined up for next week. I'm not going to jinx it, um, but we are recording all being well tomorrow. Uh, so it'll be for next week's podcast but uh, didn't quite work out for this week but um, very special guest for next week anyway so there you go um, folks that has been absolutely rally for this week thank you so much for the download it is truly 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 appreciated um, and we take nothing for granted and we haven't took anything for granted over the last seven years I can assure you of that so we'll be back same time same place in the podcast hall next week absolute rally absolute rally spread the word and download the podcast every week mm-hmm.